This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80, as well as on your smart speaker, however you found us on this beautiful Friday afternoon. We are glad you did. He's Freddie Coleman in the daylight hours. Yes. Although we are in this this fishbowl casino of the studio here. It is expansive. <laughs> But there's not a window to be seen to the outside world, so we just take take everybody's <laughs> word for it. It's not snowing yet. Not snowing yet. Uh, I'm Randy Scott. The phone number is 888-729-3776. Freddie, we kind of chummed the waters in the last hour mm-hmm. asking for recommendations and ideas from people uh, on who the best athletes would be to host Saturday Night Live. Right. Current athletes, retired athletes. We'll open the entire vault of retired athletes as well. And it's in honor of uh, recent Super Bowl champion. Ugh. Travis Kelsey, <laughs> Stosh, our producer. As a Raiders fan, and poor Randy Scott. Talk, talk about a commitment to not excellence since 1983. Your poor team. It's been a character-building exercise, <laughs> being, a, being a Raider fan. Well, well at this point, that, that building should be dapping Jesus now. That <laughs> character-building exercise that you've gone through. He, he shuns it. He shuns the Death Star out there in Las Vegas. Uh, but 888-729-3776. That's 888-SAY-ESPN. That's the phone number. You can give us your recommendations. We had some good ones. Yes, we have. You know, in honor of the yeah. Raiders, uh, mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch was on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was probably a time where maybe they kicked the tires on Bo Jackson back uh, oh. in the 80s in terms of star power. Yeah. I don't know that Bo would have been great. He would have been ah. He would have been Bo. He would have been Bo. Yeah. Bo knows. Bo, Bo knows. Bo would have known. Bo knows timing? Yeah, Bo, Bo, knows, Bo knows baseball. Bo, Bo knows basketball. <laughs> Bo knows football, too. Bo knows tennis? Bo knows cue cards? <laughs> uh, whatever they could have figured out. Live from New York. <laughs> it's Saturday Night Live. That's you pretty know? good, by yeah, the way. Don Pardo. Rest yeah, in peace. That's pretty good, by Rest the way. Rest in power. Speaking of the Raiders, now in Las Vegas, back in Bo's days, uh, they, were, they were in L.A. Uh, new word from ESPN Raiders reporter Paul Gutierrez. This is... Within the last 20 or so minutes, uh, Raiders are planning on using the franchise tag on running back Josh Jacobs for the 2023 season. That, according to what sources have confirmed to ESPN, that tag number, just under $10.1 million. And I'm the level of fan where I'll go to the websites and I'll try to find out what the cap situation looks like because I'm not satisfied as a Raider fan with the current quarterback situation. Mm -hmm. And Josh Jacobs, if we're looking for a cap number before this news it was pretty low, so that puts a little dent yeah. in the plan, hopes, aspirations to get uh, you know a, a deal done perhaps with Aaron Rodgers, and that is how we kind of entree into that conversation because of a tremendous point. Your friend, I know you've had him on uh, on, on, on ESPN Radio before on, on various platforms, Freddie, Mike Tannenbaum, our ESPN front office insider, who was on Get Up earlier today explaining why there's – a fiscal urgency here to Aaron Rodgers' situation. The team acquiring Aaron Rodgers has to have $60 million available in cap space for at least one day. Once the Raiders, the Jets, whomever acquire Aaron Rodgers, they can renegotiate the contract and lower the cap number. But for one day, they have to have their room of $60 million to acquire that contract for the Packers. That's why you're 100% right, Greeny. While the trade will be official on March 15th, that team has to move heaven and earth, presumably, to create that sort of cap room of $60 million well before March 15th. Cutting players, renegotiating players. So there's a massive sense of urgency if you really want to acquire Aaron Rodgers and have the cap space to do it. 
You know, wow. say, so that's Mike Tannenbaum taking you inside the financial aspect of it and putting mm-hmm. a hard deadline yeah. there in March. And Freddie, you broke it out. We looked at the cap hits, the current yeah. uh, you know, salary cap situation in the NFL. There are only two teams above $60 million right now. One of them has a quarterback. That's the Bears with Justin Fields. The Atlanta Falcons are number two. And Aaron Rodgers is not going to the Atlanta Falcons. He's okay. not, he's, if he's okay. going anywhere, and full disclosure, I keep telling y'all, he ain't leaving. He ain't going anywhere because, A, he doesn't want to leave because he has power church and state. B, the Packers <laughs> don't know how to get rid of him. And C, the numbers you just mentioned. Aaron Rodgers' dead cap money. For example, if they trade, if they release him before June 1st, the dead cap money is over $99 million for one guy if they decide to release him before June 1st. If they trade him before June 1st, they're still going to have a dead cap number of over $40 million. Now, after June 1st, they release him. It trickles down a little bit. The $75 million in dead cap money. And if they trade him at the June 1st, then the dead cap's about $15 million. Aaron Rodgers is not going to allow himself to be traded after June 1st and not have enough time with his team. You're not going to get any kind of restitution in return if you're the Green Bay Packers. But that $99 million in dead cap money, Green Bay can talk all that noise all they want, Randy. They can ill afford to move on from an Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to want to have that done sooner than later, which means good luck to you if you're Green Bay wanting him out or if you're Aaron Rodgers you want to leave, and I still don't believe he's going anywhere. Okay, so I, I, I'm not trying to contradict your hard and fast plan that he's not going anywhere. I will, I, I will allow for a, for a rider to that contract, so to speak. Right. And I'm looking at teams. If we want to go set, it, set the threshold at – Okay. $25 million of cap space right now to okay. allow for some of the maneuverability, which is a lot. It's tens of millions of dollars sure. to get to, to $60 million. So if you want to say the Falcons aren't an option and you want to say the Bears are sticking with Justin Fields, that takes those two locks mm-hmm. financially off the board. Number three in terms of cap space is Las Vegas Raiders. Okay, They are linked to him through Devontae Adams, who's tweeted as much, and through a front office that hasn't denied, at least without tampering, yeah. hasn't denied an interest in upgrading at the quarterback position. The Giants are fourth. Mm, they mm. seem to have their answer. The Patriots are fifth. I don't think Rodgers wants to go there. An interesting team. You know, the Ravens mm. have their situation to work out. The Texans, the Bengals, not shopping for a quarterback. The Seattle Seahawks are at number nine. Okay. If you are Aaron Rodgers and you are tired of throwing to Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, you want to throw to DK Metcalf? Oh, I would in a minute. You want to throw to Tyler Lockett? Mm-hmm. Keep going. You're right. I, you want to. Th- you're, you're a West Coast guy. I know Seattle's different from, from NorCal, but they're within striking distance. They're at $24.7 million of cap space. Mm-hmm. If those maneuvers can be made, okay. hey, Gino, we love you. It was a great season. It was a magical run. We hope you can build on this in your own individual career. But seeing Rodgers you know, ride out, seeing 12 with the 12s out there, okay. that, could, that, yeah. that could be a nice fit. Yeah, I don't hate it. Let's put it that way because yeah. more than ever before in modern football, when the NFL is a second-by-second second league, it's not year-to-year, it's not game-to-game, it's second-to-second. Second. Nothing should be off the table mm. if you're losing a quarterback, but you still believe, and I still believe, that Aaron Rodgers is still part of his prime at the quarterback position. And I know the lack of success he's had the last three times we've seen him in key games at home. Playoff game against Tampa Bay, NFC Championship game, was off in the second half. Playoff game versus San Francisco, great first drive, off of the rest of the game. Mm. And then last season, where they had to win that game to get in, he didn't play up to his level, and they did not beat the Detroit Lions. So if you're the Seattle Seahawks, you believe that guy is that difference maker in an NFC? 
then you see what you can do. The question is, do you want all of that? Because Aaron Rodgers is like the genie in a bottle. You rub that bottle, a genie comes out, you got to take everything that goes with it. It's like the worst Aladdin movie ever if things don't work (laughs) out for you if you go after Aaron Rodgers. If you're willing to part with him, part with your quarterback and Geno Smith to bring in Aaron Rodgers, then, yeah, you have the space to do that. Mm -hmm. The question is, do you want all of that that's going to come with it? And Jets fans, we hear you. You're raising your hands. You're slapping the steering wheel. Why aren't you talking about us? Just financially, y'all are a million dollars over mm-hmm. the salary cap. So you are $62 million away from having the cap space to be able to absorb what Aaron Rodgers brings. And Dan Orlovsky has a point about what it would cost the Jets in their locker room to go ahead and make this move. Who are the names of guys that they would have to likely get rid of if they signed Aaron Rodgers, right? It was Mosley was one of them. C.J. Mosley was one of them. Lawson, Who else? Lawson. Carl Lawson. Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Okay, and Corey yeah. Davis. So you mean to tell me that I've built this roster, it's a playoff caliber roster, and I understand this is not a good situation for the Jets, but we have to do everything we can, and we're going to wait on bended knee for Aaron Rodgers, and the veteran leadership that I might have in my locker room, I got to get rid of, I got to get rid of it, and we're going to bring, and Aaron's a four billion times greater talent than most people who have played in the NFL, but there's a lot that comes with them, right, personality-wise, and care. You, you, you're going to get rid of the, the leadership that you do have, and now we're going to bring that in? It's a fair question. Mm. My answer is yes. I'm not a Jets fan, but my answer is, hey, we appreciate everything that you brought to us there, you know, Corey Davis, but thanks. It makes more sense for the Raiders to do that, not just because of cap space, but because of where they are, Las Vegas. Mm. The media in Las Vegas is not going to be as daunting as the media with the New York Jets. And he's not had to deal with that, Randy, with the Green Bay Packers. When you walk in, the meat is clapping when you come in the building <laughs> in Green Bay. In Las Vegas, it could be similar to the same thing. And Rodgers can be very sensitive. The last place you need to have a sensitive quarterback is a market like a New York, mm-hmm. Philadelphia, something like that. All right. All right. Even for the Jets in a, in a market that at least lately has been dominated by the Giants. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. All right, I love this. I love this not not only for the music, but this. I feel like I've heard this on on several iterations of your show. Uh huh. Okay. The 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 combine confidential where we're making sense of some of the sound coming from the NFL combine. And if Ian Fitzsimmons is riding around, brother, it's not. I understand. It's you and Freddie show. I get it. Before he calls in, before he turns to to Marin or or, or one of his oh, daughters, Rowan, yeah. yeah, it says, "Did you hear what they said?" No. Okay. But I've heard this with you and with Ian and with hosts uh, gone by, where it's basically they said we heard. You know, right. how did we process what right. was being said? You want to start with the Cowboys? Absolutely. It's, we made it this long. We haven't talked about the Cowboys. Here's Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. I think Kellen did an excellent job. If you look at the the way we played over the, the course of the last three years, um, you know, as a head coach, every head coach has a vision of how you want the football team to play, what they look like. Um, you know, our complimentary formula, complimentary football formula, I felt was the best this year, the three years. Uh, so um, I think every three, four, five years into your offense, you need to make you know pretty good, not significant, but changes and adjustments, tendencies, and things like that. So um, I, I just I just felt this was a, a good time to make that change. What'd you hear? I heard a, a coach saying, "If I'm going down, I'm going down my way." And I'm not going to allow an offensive coordinator to undermine what I know is best for my quarterback and best for my team. Mike McCarthy clearly knows. They get to the playoffs again. 
but they don't get the NFC Championship game mm-hmm. or they don't get to a Super Bowl, he's going to be an analyst for the NFL Network in 2024. Mm-hmm. So to make sure that doesn't happen, he says, if I'm going down, I'm going down my way with this in my hands and not in somebody else's. I, I heard I like my dishes a certain way. I have a certain mm-hmm. food palate because now I'm going to shop for the groceries and I'm going to get to cook this offense and I'm going to like how it tastes because I'm going to mold it in my own taste buds and he's going to be the voice. We heard it earlier this week. I, you know, Dak needs a new voice in his ear and it was if you extend that little soundbite, mm-hmm. he's saying he needs my voice in his ear. All right, what about one of the top quarterback as we go from the Cowboys quarterback to one of the top prospects coming out of college this year and that is Alabama's Bryce Young. I speak my truth. Um, you know, I, I, I make sure I explain how I play the game, you know, how I see the game, my process, um, you know, how I'm able to, to, to get through things. Um, you know, obviously there, there's stuff of film and, and on the board. And, you know, it's just talking about uh, X's and O's. Um, you know, coaches I feel like, you know, I've asked about, you know, how I've, how I've gotten, um, you know, to throughout plays and through reads and all that. And, again, um, I've been around so many great football minds being in these meetings and, you know, being able to talk about, you know, one myself and then be able to pick their brains and, and see how, you know, they, they run their offense, be able to learn from that um you know i think it's been a lot of back and forth and i'm super grateful for it what did you hear there from alabama's now soon to be you know yeah. formerly of alabama bryce young if you had any doubts about my intelligence i put that to rest i was willing to do everything i could to let you know that i know you look at my size or lack thereof mm. but you can't look at my in my intellect and say oh, he doesn't have it between the years because Bryce Young clearly has it between the years. Mm. And that's a way of sitting down and saying, you can throw any offense at me, and I'm going to make this work. You can hold my size against me, but you will not be able to hold the ability to dissect defenses, get the ball in on time, and make plays no matter what offense that is. That, to me, was a young man saying, the only thing that I can't control is my size. Everything that I can control sure. in the gym, on the whiteboard, uh, with my coaches, study and tape, whatever it is, I have maximized my potential there. I wouldn't be here talking to you guys if I if I hadn't. So the, if you want to if you want to doubt me based on the one thing I can't control, do it at your own peril. That's why it was a very respectful mm-hmm. like doubt me, but watch what happens. That's that's he handled it perfectly. Yep. I I I shy away from from the buzzwords of I speak my truth and this like it's he's been coached up and that's fine it's very obviously clearly a coachable young man who could make a prove a lot of people wrong if he turns into what people are projecting him right. what about what about another quarterback this one out of Kentucky in Will Levis everybody has I got a cannon. I'm going to show it off. <laughs> they asked him. You couldn't hear. <laughs> the reporter said, basically, why are you throwing at the combine? And you heard the answer. Because I got a cannon. I'm going to show it off. <laughs> hey, what do you what do you translate from that? What I translate, Will's like, you may not know about me, but after this weekend, you will. <laughs> you know about Bryce Young and you talked about C.J. Stroud. Hell, you talked about Anthony Richardson more than you talked about me. But you know what? Once I finish throwing that ball around the park, you're going to say, oh, ho, ho, ho. man, he can do some things. You're going to look at me a lot different and a lot better than you looked at me before the NFL Combine got started on Monday. I hear I hear a modern-day collegiate Uncle Rico. It's like, nice. you, ever, you ever feel like you throw a football over them mountains? I mean, that's – and I get it. I respect it. I mean, it's – it's it, it, listen, every time I walk by a basketball hoop and there's a ball on the ground – I want to get up a shot. Mm-hmm. And so this is and, – and I have not, not even a fingernails talent that Will Levis has. Will Levis sees football, throws football, 
because he's great at it because he's been touched by God in that right arm. I don't blame him. And also, I do think it's wide open this year, Freddie, at the, at the really quarterback is. position for that number one, number one spot. So he's like, this is something that can boost my stock. How about another SEC quarterback also speaking at the Combine? His Combine Confidential rolls on. It is uh, an interesting prospect here out of Florida in Anthony Richardson. I don't even know uh, what, that, what that means, Project Label. But, uh, you know, I'm willing to bring anything, you know, anything, everything that they need from me. You know, I'm going to work hard. You know, I'm going to be dedicated to my craft. You know, I'm just, you know, be a leader in, in, that, in that organization. So uh, just grow and continue to grow. Okay, he's, he was asked on being labeled a project. He goes, yeah. I don't even know what that means, Project uh-huh. Label. Right. So what did you hear? Sleep on me at your own peril. And he does not want to hear any conversations in terms of comparison with Cam Newton. He said, I'm not trying to be the second Cam Newton. Mm. I'm all about being the first me when it comes to Anthony Richardson. So if you think I can't make that jump, if you think that I'm too unpolished, if you call me this draft's Mitch Trubisky, Mm -hmm. sleep on me at your own peril. Because when you do, not if, when you do, I'm going to make sure you're wide awake by the time I'm done with whatever team I go to. Yeah, I heard it as I've never been a project before and I'm not one now. I, I, he's, mm-hmm. He is a man sure in his own abilities. He succeeded at every level he's been at. Now, he got a taste of getting to a, a spot in Florida where their level of success, their definition right. of success is different perhaps than one that he'd experienced before. By historic standards for Florida, they underachieved. Was it his fault? No, no I think there were holes on that defense to be sure. There yeah. were plenty of shootout games where he did his part as leader of the offense and it just wasn't matched defensively. He could be the lottery ticket mm-hmm. of this year's draft. He could also be something that sets an organization back yes. if the project turns out to be more work than reward. And only time will tell on that. That's Combine Confidential. Freddie Coleman, Randy Scott with you. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Speaking of what someone said and and what it means and how we should process it moving forward, mm-hmm. something that Jay Williams said this morning about Luka Doncic that I'm quite sure was not a compliment, but how much of an insult was it versus how much of a rallying cry for a young NBA star in Luka Doncic? Freddie Coleman, Randy Scott. We'll parse all that at Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, as well as on your smart speaker. Happy pre-end to all who observe <laughs> on this Friday afternoon. He is Freddie Coleman. I am Randy Scott. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. So uh, Luka Doncic is, came in to the NBA, averaging 20 a game. I think his rookie season was 21 a game. And uh, he's in his now one, two, three, fifth NBA season yet to 
win an NBA title to be sure. Although, mm-hmm. you know, he has been the guy. This is the first season, Freddie. I don't know if you feel the same way. There is greater pressure yeah. on him and on the Mavericks to make a deep run to prove that last year wasn't a fluke yeah, and in the Western Conference playoffs. And also to convince Kyrie Irving to stay because he's a free agent. So if you're going to have Kyrie Irving not just all of a sudden turn tail and go to where I believe he wants to go, that is the Los Angeles Lakers, mm-hmm. you got to do everything you can to say, hey, if I go there, I'm not any closer to the championship, but I'm a lot closer here if I stay in Dallas. So the pressure is now on Luka Doncic to adjust his game from being alpha one with, with a thumbtack on the wall to mm-hmm. 1A, 1B, as it's been a couple of times so far in this. It's a smaller sample size with Kyrie, but to also be chief recruiter? To be that for, for, for Kyrie? Yeah, you know what it is? And also, not so much that, too. Also being a chief recruiter, period, because all the years, Dirk Nowitzki never had that guy. Luka Doncic in yeah. five years has been able to have a guy like Kyrie Irving, no matter what you think about him, that Dirk never had all those years that he played for the Dallas Mavericks. Even when they won that championship, it was Dirk and the Dirkettes. Let's call it as it is. <laughs> he didn't have that Robin to his bad man. Yeah. Dallas knows that if we're going to have Luka Doncic go any place that we believe he can go, we need to find somebody that can reduce that kind of pressure on him, and that's why they were all in on Kyrie Irving with no guarantees that he's going to stay here past this regular season and put himself out in the free market once again mm-hmm. in the offseason. Speaking to the point of uh, you know increased pressure on Luka to make a deeper run in the Western Conference playoffs, a sustained run, even win a title, this is Jay Will on KJM this morning speaking on the career trajectory that he sees. It's kind of rounding into focus right now for Luka Doncic. It's almost like Luka's career trajectory as it relates to attention, like it happens to a lot of young players, it, it almost is following exactly James Harden, right? Yeah, exactly. Like when you're younger, you're known for scoring a lot of points, right? Being prolific, being that star. And it's like, whoa, who is Mark Cuban? The whole first thing you say about Luka until he signed his max extension. Who is Mark Cuban surrounding him with, right? You're still at that juncture of Luka. Now it's getting to the point where you got Kyrie. Can you play alongside another superstar? It's the same thing that we have with Giannis. Can your style win you an NBA championship. Fact, I, would... I don't know that that is the fairest comp. Mm-hmm. And I know Jay Will to be a student of the game, to be in his own right one of the best ever played on the collegiate level. And it, you know we didn't get to see the NBA ceiling because of injury, but I, I think that's a loaded comp. Okay, I think choosing of all prolific scorers, right. James Harden is a loaded comp because of the whispers turn to rumbles, turn to just speaking it out loud. There are questions and have been questions in NBA circles about James Harden's commitment to fitness, commitment to keeping in shape in the offseason, and some of the off-the-court things that James Harden brings to a franchise. Okay, when, when he's between those lines, he is a walking bucket and has been. He's adjusted his game to play with Joel Embiid in Philadelphia, and he's averaging double-digit assists on this NBA season. But to compare Luka Doncic, who has had a far better first four or five seasons in his career than James Harden did. At this point, that carries some weight to it, and I'm just wondering what Jay Will's not saying. Yeah, well, it didn't sound like a compliment when he put it out there. Thank if you're you. going to go yeah. with inflection, if you want to go with tone, mainly because we have not seen James Harden do that in the playoffs. And Randy, you mentioned the numbers that he's always been able to put up. Didn't matter if he was coming out the bench of Oklahoma City. Didn't matter with the Houston Rockets. Mm. Even before he got injured at Brooklyn Nets, he was still putting up numbers. And now what he's doing when he's helping out trying to make sure Joel Embiid is not going to be a ringless big man mm-hmm. in the pantheon of the NBA. So when you hear that tone by saying on the same career trajectory, 
as a James Harden, immediately going to say, does that mean that Luka Doncic is not going to win a championship? Because we've seen James Harden not play well in the NBA when it comes to the playoffs. And a lot of people aren't buying that with him, that he's going to do it, have a reversal of fortune yep. when it comes to the Philadelphia 76ers. So if you're Luka Doncic, and believe me, I love watching Luka play. But at a certain point, you got to get the brattiness out of you because James Harden never had that. He's been bratty trying to get out of situations, but he has not been bratty on the court. If you're going to be any kind of recruiter to keep Kyrie Irving there or to get somebody else, you wonder how long and how much of that brattiness could be a deal breaker or a deal maker for somebody out there that may look at the Dallas Mavericks and say, hey, Luka needs my help. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be there to give it to him. That's Freddie Coleman, Randy Scott, in for the guys on KT and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I also don't know that, the, that you know, giving, air quotes, giving Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, is the fix-it, the flex seal, let's say, that, <laughs> that, that, people, that, that, that people think it is. It hasn't been that way since, since LeBron and the, and the Cavaliers. You know? and now listen, Kyrie has been riding the success of one shot for however many seasons. He's a again walking bucket, prolific score, best hand, truly the best handle in the league, mm-hmm. and and absolutely pure with the ball in his hands. But a franchise, if not killer, a franchise uh, destabilizing force in his last couple spots. And I could say that James Harden is kind of the same thing. Like when when Jay Will says career trajectory, is he saying that that Luka Doncic himself will play for one, two? Three, three okay. NBA franchises in the span of four seasons. It's a loaded yeah, comp. It really is, and it's especially when he threw the name James Harden next to Luka Doncic. If he had thrown, let's say, a Damian Lillard next to Luka Doncic, it doesn't yeah. have the same effect. Mainly because Damian Lillard does not have the pressure on him. He does not have the scrutiny on him that James Harden does mm-hmm. because Damian Lillard is playing in Portland. He has not asked out of Portland. He wants to try to win a championship in Portland. Mm-hmm. That is very redeeming to a lot of people in the age of moving around and jumping to super teams. James Harden, when things have gone haywire, mm-hmm. when things have been napalm, he's out of on the first thing smoke. He's on a helicopter going back home while everybody else is trying to fight the war. That's yeah. what James Harden has done. He's had a cancer in his hands at some of those no spots. Yeah. And I give him a pass on Brooklyn, Randy, because he did play injured in that playoff series. He was essentially walking on one leg. But he was tired of Kyrie Irving. It wasn't at that kind of DEFCON level Mm -hmm. when it came to the Houston Rockets. So he wanted out because he's tired of Kyrie Irving. I wanted Luka Doncic to pull the same tack. That if Kyrie Irving doesn't stay and they're not any closer to the championship, does he do the same thing that we've seen not once but twice Mm -hmm. from James Harden? Dame Lillard is a fantastic comp. Uh, Devin, Devin Booker might be a great comp as well. Young, prolific scorers, the focus of their teams, the focus of their offense is truly franchise players. And James Harden didn't come into the league that way. No. He, he came in yes. in OKC first three seasons. I mean, I'm looking at some of these numbers where I do want to give Harden credit. I mean, there were back-to-back seasons in Houston where he was the guy. He played actually three straight seasons, 81 games, 82 games, 81 games. Luka hasn't done that. Mm. Luka the last three seasons, 66, 65, 54. Like, James yeah. Harden, there was a time where he was more durable than we've seen from Luka Doncic at this point. He was the man, was the focus. I don't know. I, it felt like an interesting comp to be sure. But, mm-hmm. uh, but like I said, Jay, Jay Will is a student of the game. And he's a prolific scorer in his own right. He knows of what he speaks. A reminder to tune in. Speaking of James Harden, tune into NBA action tomorrow night as the Bucks host Harden's Sixers. That is presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on Select 
ESPN radio stations. We talk of Devin Booker, his new running mate there in the desert. Kevin Durant got some interesting advice. Oh, boy. We'll explain what that is. Not from us, thank goodness. We, <laughs> I bruise like a peach. I don't know about Freddie's game. It's Freddie Coleman, Randy Scott, and for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. And on your smart speaker, Freddie Coleman, Randy Scott in for the guys. We're both in studio. That's a big deal. It's a it's a probably an inaugural deal. I mean, really, like, <laughs> Stash, how often are, are Canty and Carlin in the same place at the same time? I, it's Seaport, so I, it's... I don't, it's a, that's a cool kids clubhouse. I, yeah, I don't I mean, get to go down there. Seaport together, but they're not together. here in Bristol. Right. Okay, so here in Bristol just hasn't happened in in a minute. Correct. I I respect that. I listen. Yeah. You know, don't threaten us with a good time. We're able to yeah, be here, yeah, and we make it work, and we're no making doubt. it work, and we're and Freddie's being very patient. What are you talking about? Radio neophyte over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six is the phone number if you want to weigh in on best athletes current past, present, whatever, to host Saturday Night Live. Whoever you think would do a good job mm-hmm. in honor of Travis Kelsey getting that nod tomorrow night, fire away. Uh, Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of a good entree. I need to be careful with how I phrase this, because I'm be certainly good. no marriage expert in my own right, okay. but uh, Rick Buecher, uh NBA voice and, and reporter and uh, insider, he, he had a, a stretch here at, with us at, at ESPN, and he's now at, at Fox Sports. Yes, he is. Did you cross paths with Rick when he was here, much? Constantly. Yeah. If Rick Buecher ever decided to write a book that he really wants to write, he would have to literally change every name in it and go into the witness relocation program. That's how good <laughs> that book would be about stuff that he's heard that he's shared with me many a time on game night behind uh-huh. the scenes. Oh. oh, my goodness. Just say the best one that you can remember. Just repeat the best one. About a player who yeah. was... That's radio safe. You yeah. can obviously leave the player's yeah. name out if you want. No, I'm not going to say the player's name. You don't have to. I'll guess at the player, you, recklessly. If you guess this player, you know, I, I might give you $100 in Stasha's pocket. George Mirasan. Nailed no, it. He, <laughs> he said that this player was you know, stepping out on his misses. Oh, and, no. And he was playing in a particular arena where he had one mistress on one side of the court and the another mistress on the other side, and he was going to get together with both of them after the game. Oh, no. And his wife showed up to surprise him, and he said he had the worst game that he ever had in his NBA career that was pretty extensive because, wow. you know, 
One is good. Yep. Two can be better. Three's a problem. Three's a crowd. Yeah, three's a crowd. That is incredible. So Rick Buecher is that dialed in. So when we hear what his advice is for Kevin Durant, Uh did Kevin Durant ask for Rick Buecher's advice? No, No, he did not. No. (laughs) Did it keep Rick Buecher from providing his advice for Kevin Durant? Also no. no. Also no. And this is in response to Durant this week. Now, we know the thin man can sometimes have... Thin skin. Okay. Right? He has a burner. He's been sort of busted with a, a, a Twitter account burner where he's defended himself against criticism. That was earlier in his career. This right. is an older, wiser right. uh, Kevin Durant. But we also know he will clap back. He, he does not suffer fools lightly. So, and fools, I mean, <laughs> fool. He, Shaq and Charles Barkley have criticized the jump from Brooklyn to Phoenix. Right. And so KD said, listen, at this point, he said this to Yahoo Sports, at this point they're saying, go play with Scoot Henderson and win a championship and then we'll give you credit. I don't need no credit from y'all. No credit from Barkley, no credit from Shaq. <laughs> so Buker says, you know what Kevin needs? He needs to get married. Wow. He says he needs to get married, uh, the quote is Kevin Durant needs to get married. Kevin Durant needs a relationship that teaches him what you have to respond to and what you just let go. And that, for me, is what marriage taught me what's really important. The message about marriage is interesting. Yes. How it pertains, the relevance to basketball, I don't know that that's a bridge I, I quite want to cross. I. I'm trying to understand. <laughs> I'll just see Freddie's face. I'm trying to understand where Rick Buecher is coming from because speaking to somebody who is on his second marriage, when it comes to me, sometimes you are not for somebody and that somebody's not for you. And there are certain things that when you get married to somebody and it yeah. doesn't work out, you say to yourself, how do I delete this from the screen? Yeah. There are plenty of those. That I'm not yeah. the only one. Raise your hands out there because you know what I'm talking about as far Two as that goes. hands in this studio. Exactly. Yeah. So if Rick Buecher is suggesting, hey, Kevin Durant, for you to be what you want to be and whatever Valhalla that you're looking for, finding a Mrs. Durant is going to solve all your problems. I'm going to quote something that Ron Jaworski <laughs> used to work here. He says, sometimes marriage can be like a team meeting. You can go with one problem and have 25 more coming out. <laughs> You gotta be careful who you choose or who chooses you. And to suggest that hey, Kevin Durant, a lot of your problems will be solved if you find someone to get married to. It's not as just simple, Randy, as just putting that out there and thinking, Oh yeah. Yeah. He's right about this. Yeah. And to be fair, you know, my my ex wife and maybe yours would say the same thing about us, to be fair. You no know, question. two way two way street. No uh, doubt. I look at this as is there is there What's been holding, if we're trying to crystallize, what's been holding Kevin Durant back? In has terms it, of happiness? No, well, no, in terms of NBA success. I like oh I okay. guess I guess it's it's kind of a leap by anyone sure. to say Kevin Durant needs advice. Like uh, where where okay, what is where is Kevin Durant transcendent? He's a two time NBA champion. He's an MVP, he's a finals MVP. Mm-hmm. He is a walking bucket even well into his thirties, and he has shown the kind of work ethic. To rebound from injuries, watching him against Charlotte coming back, it you would never know he missed time with a knee mm-hmm. injury. Every and we're significant injuries, Achilles, knees. He has come back without missing a beat. Has it taken a while? Sure, but these are right. significant injuries. Has what's held him back, so to speak, from getting another title 
Has it been the fact that he will respond to people on Twitter? I don't no, think so. Put it this way. Kevin Durant is of that generation, and when he claps back at you, you're going to have to deal with it because he's thinking is, if you're going to do that to me, who's to say that you can't get it back from me? I'm not just going to yeah. sit here or stand there and let you just drag my name through social media, mm-hmm. whether it's fair or unfair, and think that I'm going to find the same thought process that you do. So I'm okay with Kevin Durant doing that. Burner accounts, whatever he wants to do. Hey, yeah. it's Kevin Durant's life. It's not ours. How he's going to carry that on, that's going to be him. But I think to suggest that he needs kind of a a, a co-pilot <laughs> to, to calm him down uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going out there in that tree with you. No. I, I, Sorry, I, Rick. I respect from Durant, you know, his idea. Like you said, he'll clap back. For Durant, my, you know, if you're Kevin Durant, my success is is not your shield on social media. Hey, yeah, you don't get to fire like at that. me and then hide behind my success. Right. I will fire back on social media. I Do I agree that, that marriage can round out a person? Can it uh, yeah. show them in terms of priorities? What's I, And I think that's what's Rick, what, what Rick is talking about, right? What's yeah. worth firing back at? And, but to say that he's not a well-rounded person because he's not married, that's not fair either. Exactly. Exactly. Or that he doesn't have perspective or priorities or an idea of what those are without being married. I think Kevin Durant's proven that. I just, I, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was fascinating <laughs> yes. advice. And you know Rick better than I do, but it certainly jumped off the screen. Speaking of, we're going to talk to a Super Bowl champ about all the drama surrounding the Ravens. Freddie Coleman, Randy Scott. And for the guys, it's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.